What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is brought to you by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome everyone to another edition of Give an Ovation. And uh, I hope that you are ready to feel like you've been sitting on your hands your whole life. Because today, I, <laughs> we have Donald Burns with us. And, and uh, let me tell you a little bit about Donald. Because reading over his LinkedIn profile, it's like, no, no, no. They, they must have accidentally merged like three people together. Um, he has four decades in the, rest, in the restaurant industry. He was an executive chef of uh, Wolfgang Puck. He owned, operated, created his own restaurant concepts. Um, he's the author of Your Restaurant Sucks and Your Restaurant Still Sucks. Uh, he's a founder and CEO of Off the Range Ventures. Um, and not only is he the restaurant coach, trademarked, but he was a peri, yeah, <laughs> but he was a pararescue man in the U.S. Air Force. Um, and is a martial artist. So he has done, he's lived more lives in the last few years than I've imagined living in my whole life. So Donald, wow, it is a pleasure to have you on, man. You know, Zach, it's an honor to be here because I, you know, I've heard so much about you. And it's funny we haven't met yet because I, I've been following you and you've been following me. And this is the first time we've actually kind of had a virtual meetup. You know, welcome to the new world. You know, yeah. everything's now <laughs> digital or virtual. So. Yeah. I know it's crazy, but you know, it's, it's awesome because this way we don't have to travel around the country to see each other. Right. And we That's could just, true. we I could just uh, talk right now. So let's, let's dive into it. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about what, what do you do right now? Like who do you help and how do you help them? I know that, um, you know, you're really working on getting your restaurants up, uh, really helping restaurants um, set up for success in the post coronavirus world. What, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Well, uh, you know, Everyone knows that the coronavirus just, I mean, shook the world. I mean, I, I say, think of like, think of like there was, the world was a big snow globe and someone just grabbed it and shook the crap out of it, you know, and that's what happened with the coronavirus. And now as things are starting to, you know, they're actually put the snow globe down and things are starting to settle down. How do we go about kind of getting back to life? And, you know, and everyone says, I just want to get back to normal. Well, there's going to be a new normal. So I work with independent restaurants that basically want to have a solid plan because if you just think you're going to open the doors and just going to like, hey, we're open again, come on back, and everything's going to be just like it was, you're basically, you're in denial because it's yeah. not going to happen like that. So what I work with is I work with the restaurants right now is how we can we develop a step-by-step -step plan to really make sure that you've, you know, dotted the I's, crossed the T's, and that you really set yourself up to actually thrive in the new economy. because it's for as bad as the coronavirus has been and i mean it's devastating i mean it's taken lives it's you know forced businesses to close permanently uh, caused you know millions of people to be at unemployment there actually is some opportunity now you know and and the way i like to look at it is i like to look at the things that are forward thinking that i can actually focus on like one of the things i tell people is like you know before what was the biggest complaint most people had couldn't find anybody hard to find talent hard to find talent no one wants to work uh -huh. well there's a lot of people on unemployment that actually it's going to be a lot easier to find people. Yeah. Well, and, after, after, uh, 
the what is it? We got another few weeks left of uh, the six hundred dollar, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. stipend. Bonus. Once once that ends, floodgates <laughs> open, right? Then they'll want to come back to work. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until then, you're kind of stuck. <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, I don't know what to do. But you know, before it was so hard to find people. Now it actually it went from being an employee market where the employees had the upper hand because there were so many restaurants and they could pick and choose where they want to eat now and where they want to work. Now it's going to be the opposite way. There's going to actually be fewer restaurants. And I'm kind of estimating, I hate to say it, probably 25% to oh, 30% really? of independent restaurants won't make it through this. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of market share available. There's going to be a lot of A-town available. And if you position yourself properly, you have a huge opportunity to take more market share and to snag up those A players before anyone else does, if you have a plan. Yeah. And what does that plan look like? Uh, Well, number one, um, you have to kind of evaluate where you are. That's usually step one. Just like, you know, like in pararescue, the first thing we did when we landed, you know, we parachute in. First thing you do is you land. You, you know, you put your, your gear away, you grab your map, you throw your map out, you get your compass and you find, where am I now? So you have to have orientation. So where am I? And then you kind of plot your course. Okay, we want to be there. And then just like anything, we start heading out in the, on the direction. And of course, like life, things pop up. Oh, you know, I didn't know there was a thousand foot ravine here that we have to either <laughs> rappel down and go and hike across and, and climb up, or we have to, you know, navigate around it. But just like in life, things pop up all the time. So, but if you have a flexible plan and you're kind of ready for those things and you can make adjustments as you need to, and you'll finally get to your destination. Yeah. So, so with that, how, how do people, in terms of like the, the honest look of where you're at, because truly that, I mean, that's a great reason to hire, not just a coach, but uh, the coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> but w- with that, how, how do you really get a good assessment of where you're at? Because it's hard. It's hard in business. It's hard in personal, in your personal life to be able to look in the mirror and not see distortion, right? Yes, exactly. What, what do you recommend for people um, who are, you know, trying to figure out where are they? Well, the first thing you do is, you know, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. And, and here's the thing. Don't distort it. It's easy to say it's terrible. It's, it's horrible. We either, you know, we, we always distort things or we think they're better than they are. Well, you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. It's going to be good. No, no, just be honest. Okay, here we are. What are my assets and liabilities? And I just take everything in your restaurant and just take a piece of paper. It's easy to do. Just put a line down the middle, put on one side assets, the other side liabilities. And then actually really write out, you know, what are some of our strengths and what are some of the things that are weaknesses? I will tell, and I tell people this, and a lot of people get upset when I tell them this, but I'll say it anyway. (laughs) The coronavirus is not your fault, but how you ran your restaurant before the coronavirus is your fault. Oh, interesting. Because there's a lot of things that you probably should have done. And and I say most restaurant owners should all over themselves. What I mean by that, you know, I should, I should message, you know, I should use, I should use messaging to communicate with my guests. I should market, uh, you know, more aggressively with video. I should cost out my menu better. I should fire that negative energy vampire who's in my restaurant, just sucking the life out of me and my staff. You know, I should, I should, I should. Well, now's the time to take those shoulds and turn them into must. You know, I must cost out my money. You know what? I must hook up with a company like Ovation and I must, you know, learn how to really communicate and engage with my guests. I must, I must, I must. And just make it a non-negotiable with yourself. 
that's the first step. I like that. Yeah, that 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 makes it puts it in perspective because we all know if we if we approach things as a consultant to ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And we say, okay, just just take an afternoon, go for a hike, and then come back and say, all right, let me have a conversation with pre-hike Zach, all right, or with yeah. pre-hike owner, and and let let's get some clarity and say, here are the things you should have been doing, and guess what? It sucks because you haven't been doing it, but it's okay because you're gonna figure it out, right? And like you're gonna put that put that plan in place. Yeah. Um, don't don't beat yourself up. I mean, we've all done it. We've all have things we should do, and and you can easily say, "Oh, I'm suck. I'm a loser. I'm an idiot." No, you just you just weren't focused. Yeah, I I should have probably not eaten that entire cheesecake last night. Exactly. But I did. <laughs> now this morning I'm on the elliptical paying for it, you know. Yeah, well, I should have been on the elliptical this morning paying for it. Um, no, I, I love that. And then in terms of like plotting, what are some things that you've found that successful restaurants are, are doing as they're plotting their course to, uh, for a successful and a thriving post-COVID uh, economy? Well, of course, you know, um, restaurant volume, your volume is going to be different. So you have to pretty much, you have to look at reopening as almost a startup. Mm. And in the sense that you need to redo your financials, you need to do a, a new performa or PL or financial projections, you need to redo everything because it's going to have different sales volume. You're going to have to relook at that because now you're going to have to have a different labor model. You probably don't need as many people as you had before. And you need to be a little more, I hate to say, you got to be a little leaner and meaner. So by the way, if, speaking of like financials, a lot of people are kind of anticipating, you know, some people have been hit really hard and they're down to zero. Some people have been hit 80%. We have a few clients that are actually at 130% uh, yeah. because they, they did the things they should have done beforehand. Um, but w- what do you recommend in terms of financials? What would be like a good, you know, finger to the wind, of how reduced should you look at your financials and your foot traffic and your ordering? Well, I, I, I've been having clients do a, a 70%, 60%, and 50% kind gotcha. of projection. So 70% above what you were, you know, 70% of what you were doing before, and then do a 60%, that's like middle, and then 50% is like worst case, I say. I don't think it's going to be, just from what I've seen so far out in the, out in the world, I don't think it's going to be as low as most people anticipate. I think people are very excited about getting back to restaurants. People are very excited. Um, I think once uh, we get, you know, on top of this stuff, especially once they get a vaccine, you know, and then they're predicting by the end of the year, you know, things are going to go really rapid back. But I think people are going to, people really want to go out. Yeah. Being locked up at home is not fun for a long time. Yeah, right. In the beginning, it was kind of novel. It was like, it was cool. oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, it's man. cool. I'm working from home. You, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, oh my god, I'm working from home. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I hit that around the fourth time that I watched Frozen in the first week with my two year old. Exactly. I was like, okay. I, I wasn't made for this. I need to do something new in my life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really great idea. Looking at like a startup and mm-hmm. with that in mind, what, what have you seen people doing? That's, you know, kind of more uh, risky. Have you seen anyone, you know, would you recommend how, as far as like the chances that people are taking 
Um, how would you look at that in terms of like menu, labor, models? I mean, I saw Buffalo Wild Wings is coming out with a 1,200 square foot concept with mm -hmm. you know, 12 seats in it pretty much. Um, how, how do you look at that? Well, you know, of course, virtual is the new kind of new space. You know, and ghost kitchens were on the rise before this thing happened. And now they're kind of like actually doing quite, quite well. So if you have a big restaurant, a lot of times I've seen a lot of restaurants basically taking their big restaurants and they've consolidated, you know, reduced their menu, reduced their seating inside to accommodate the CDC and the guidelines. So they have that availability and they have the menu set up in their kitchens up for that, but they also have now have some extra space and they've been actually running another concept as a ghost kitchen out of their restaurant. Yeah, I, yeah, that's something that we talked about with uh, with Bo Bryant as well mm -hmm. in terms of setting up your own ghost kitchen. Yeah, um, you know why not spark another thing? Because I mean, nowadays, well. how hard is it to start another restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. Or sorry, how hard is it to start another business when you already have all of the infrastructure and the backbone? Right. Um, yeah, nice restaurant, start a little taqueria, right? There, there are some things like that that I think are really, really smart. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's one thing to talk about it, but you know, you're someone who you've built your own concepts, you've built your own restaurants, you've owned and operated them. What would you recommend? How do people start doing that as they're, you know, deciding, okay, yeah, I, I do want to have like another, uh, my own ghost kitchen concept. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend they do? Well, one of the things I do, I'm doing right now with, uh, with, you know, restaurants that want, are looking at a new, you know, post COVID-19 plan. One of the modules we look at is we call, I call it alternative revenue streams mm. because most people got hit really hard because you had all your eggs in one basket and then the chicken that laid those eggs died <laughs> and <laughs> so, fried and got eaten up and fried and left on the <laughs> sidewalk to rot. Mm -hmm. So if you, and here's my thing, this thing again, shook everyone upside down, the snow globe effect. Do you ever want to be shaken up like this again? No. Could something like this ever happen again? Yeah, there's a possibility. So how do we make sure we have some more insurance about this? Is we want to make sure we have at least five, six revenue streams. And that could be off-premise catering. Um, that could be drop-and-goes. That could be meal kits. That could be setting up a makeshift drive-through. I've seen places like you know Chick-fil-A set up makeshift drive-throughs using iPads. You know, places that didn't have drive-throughs, like uh, Chick-fil-A's that are in like shopping malls, set out a drive-through outside on the curb. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of ways you can get creative. But you know, meal kits are huge. I have a couple people doing um, wine clubs where they're selling wholesale bottles of wine, and then they're actually selling um, a membership. So you get this wine club membership. So I have residual income coming every month. People remember the wine club. They get the menu, they get the wines, and then they also get a couple recipes. And there's some videos that they can walk through on how to pair up the wine and cook some stuff at home. You could do cooking classes virtual, have a membership program, but you have to think of like, how can, and I would say you want to have at least five. What are five different revenue streams I can add to my place? Some places are doing the pop-up, you, know, um, you know, grocery stores and their restaurants offering, you know, items that they can sell. There's tons of different things you could do as an alternative revenue source. And you want to start plotting now, how can I keep some other stuff going? Again, and don't turn off those streams. If you think, as soon as we reopen, I don't have to do delivery. I don't have to do curbside. I don't have to do all this stuff. No, it's here. It's staying. And again, you never want your, you don't want your, your if you only had one stream of revenue and that thing dries up, you're done. Yeah. So 
in, in terms of like looking at that, how should people look at, you know, testing new things? Cause I mean, there's, there's a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities out there to come up with five new revenue streams. How do you, how do you, you know, recommend they test it out um, to decide if they want to do it or not? Well, number one, see if there's a need in your market. Again, when we, when we do the marketing or every time we're doing some sales, we always want to fill a need just because we think it's a good idea. Mm. It's not yeah. you know how many courses I've made. I go, this is an awesome idea for a course. I made it. No one bought it. Cause you know, I thought it was a great <laughs> idea. No one else thought it was a great idea. So make sure there's a need in the market. Do some surveys, ask some of your loyal guests, you know, ask some people in your market. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What would you think? And get Love some that. honest feedback from people. Send out some surveys. I mean, use stuff like, you know, there's software out there, monkey survey, use a, you know, real time chats, like, you know, something like that, like you guys do ask, get some conversation going on social media or in messenger, get some things going and asking people for what they think. Cause they're the uh, ones that are actually going to buy it. So, yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's something that, you know, being, being a startup guy, this is, you know, I've been involved in seven tech startups. This is my, my third one that I've been wow. CEO of. And it's so important to mm-hmm. get that customer feedback, right? B- before you write code, understand <laughs> what do people want before you spend all this money to make a dish and everything. Talk to your customers, ask, mm-hmm. ask your customer base what it is. Cause there are people who love you. Right. And so ask them, um, okay, what, what would be, what would be like a, a final piece of advice that you would give to people watching? You gotta be optimistic. Negativity will just take you down faster than anything. So the number one thing I was working, and I tell people this all the time, I tell all my clients, you've read my books, it usually mentions, it mentions right in the front, restaurant success is not rocket science, it's people science. And that mm-hmm. people science comes from 80% of that is psychology. It's the mindset of the owner and the operator that determines a restaurant success. Most people think it's the other 20%, which is systems and strategy. No, 80%, it's all you. Culture flows down and doesn't flow up. Culture starts in any organization, any business, you know, as a CEO, it starts with you, your attitude. Your attitude is contagious to your team. If you have a bad attitude and you come in, you know, the team's just like walking on eggshells thinking, oh God, you know, it's acting in a bad mood. What do we do? You know, and they avoid you. <laughs> the same thing, you know, your attitude and your kind of, your frame of, frame of, you know, the frame you look at, I always look at like glasses. Everyone has a pair of lenses that we look at through the world. When you're looking at the world, if you're not getting the results you want, you need to change prescriptions. That's what you mm. need to do. Yeah. I love that, man. So, so Donald, here, here are my takeaways. Um, first of all, I love that three, three phase approach. You orient, you plot, and you head out, uh, being honest with your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Two, what, what you should have done, you, you've should it all over yourself for a while. Right. Now it's time to do it. Uh, three, look at reopening as a startup, right? Mm-hmm. Completely redo your financials, have a couple of different scenarios based on like, you know, okay, mediocre, very bad, and make sure that you can, you can uh, handle that. And along with being a startup, be innovative, at right. least five alternative revenue streams, love that. And then lastly, I think most importantly is be optimistic because at the end of the day, I would rather be an optimist and be wrong a few times than right. be a pessimist and be wrong all the time. Because, you know, people who say this is the end of the world, it's like, look, you know, you go back to like, when has it really been super, super bad? It's like, all right, you've got World War II, World War One, you've got the, 
you know, Vietnam the War. Spanish flu, Spanish the Black flu, Plague, War. Yeah. and uh, may- maybe the flood of Noah, right? Yeah. So like, okay, we've, we've hit like half a dozen in human history. This isn't the end. Uh, it's a we're new still beginning. Here. We're, we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. Yep. And uh, it, it ain't over till the end. And, and uh, if it's the end, then it's, if it's not the end, then it's not over. Right. I, um, think the, I think the greatest human character we have is ability to adapt and persevere. So. I love that, man. So Donald, how can people find you? You, you are on the top of the list of must follow uh, restaurant experts. Oh, just head to my website, www.therestaurantcoach.com. Okay. And uh, also find him on, on, follow him on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Great post there. Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook. I'm, I'm everywhere. Awesome. I'm not on TikTok yet, but I don't know if I can. No. <laughs> that. Yeah. Give, give me another, give me another I'm few not months. Ready. I'm not quite get, ready for that step. Getting yet. used to that. Anyway, uh, Donald, thank you for coming on. Sure to Thanks, appreciate Zach. you. Today's ovation goes to you. Uh, not just for what you've done in the restaurant community, but for what you've done all around the world for your service um, and uh, for your, for your counsel. So thank you, Donald. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate you. And I appreciate what you're doing with your platform. Ovation is a great thing for restaurants to implement and use. Well, thank you. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.